bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who stay busy with their lunch. Yo anda bochinche. Paquete con pinche. You know what they said? Got too busy, got too thinking. Aquí en esta mesa se respeta como ñón. Si la copa está llena, yo te doy la bendición. So what if we get batches? We from the Bronx. That's it. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brunch are popping off. Hey, we pop, pop, and pop it off. We, we pop, pop, All pop right. The episode's about to start. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, we are back from our mid-season break from the holidays, and we have such a dope duo with us. They are goddesses and jefas in their own rights. Posh Palma Styles, who the fuck are y'all? I love how you said dope duo. I'm gonna grab that and I'm gonna steal do it. Take the girl, do it. <laughs> Hi guys. Okay, so I'll go in to let you know. So my name is Jelisandra Guzman, aka better known as Jelly with a G. Um, I have a fashion uh, merchandising background. So I um, went to school at FIT, graduated in 2010, pretty much did 10 years in corporate America. I did five years with an e-commerce retail site where I started working in their showroom. So I helped with styling. I helped with like getting the sets ready, like for models for next day. Then I went into doing like logistics for all of the events, you know, before prior to them being launching on the actual site. And the last thing that I got into was buying, which was my favorite. So I was living in New York City. I know you guys are in New York. We're in Miami. We miss it. Um, <laughs> it's dear to me. Um, pero nada, I was living in New York and I was able to go out to market, you know, and, and learn about all these amazing brands, all these amazing designers, all these amazing things and choosing the, the right assortment, you know, for what our customer profile was. Um, I moved. So anyways, uh, Valerie here, she's going to intro too. She is my sister-in-law. So I am married to her older brother. That's the tea of the, the first tea so, of the night. Yes. The first, the first little piece of tea. She's my comadre. She's my comadre. So, um, we share a lot of stuff, but anyways, um, so I married in 2013, uh, got pregnant, fast forward, had a baby. Uh, moved to Tampa in 2014 and in there I started working with the home shopping network which is pretty big uh, they were just bought out by QVC about two three years ago worked in their home office in buying as well so I did that for five years and then in summer of 2019 uh, I made it down to Miami which is where my heart belongs which is where I will finish all the years that I have to live see I'm going to Santo Domingo but <laughs> right. um, nothing. I love it here. So I moved here, um, did, like, did like a six month gig. For me, this was perfect because it was like New York, but like the tropical mm. version. Me fui de New York porque le estaba yendo al frío. So I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I need something hot. And then Some I was sun. like, dude, Miami is full of Latinos. So I'm like, this is amazing. So I have Spanish speaking, I have heat. And then I'm an hour and a half away from Santo Domingo. Mm-hmm. You know, it was perfect. So when I moved to Miami, I did about a six-month gig with a freelance company here in marketing, um, had some experience there. And then in January of 2019 was where the idea of Poshpama Styles was born. I'm going to hand it over to Valerie so she could tell you a little bit about her indiv- individual story, and then we'll talk about the store. 
Yay. ¿Y de dónde tú eres? Dominicana. Ah. ¿Dónde está esa flag tan linda atrás de Julissa? Um, hi, guys. So I am Valerie, the Jefa Creator. Um, I was born in Providence, Rhode Island. We were both born in Rhode Island. And when I was two years old, my mom dijo, para República Dominicana. So I stayed in Dominican Republic for about nine years or 10 with my grandparents and my family from there. Then I came back to the U.S. I was like, I, I'm not having this. Went back when, you know, that happened a few times. But then when I was a junior in high school, I was like, mommy, I want to go back to the States. I want to learn English. I want to go and achieve a higher education in that country. And I want to, you know, live there um, and be with my siblings who were also here at that point. So I came back from DR when I was a junior to Providence, Rhode Island. I graduated high school and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to college. You know, I was like feeling myself. I'm, I got this. I, you know, I'm doing this thing. And I applied to like around 12 schools and I got rejected from like around 10. Like most of them just literally were like, sis, bye. And I'm like, okay, what's the issue? And at that point, I didn't really speak the language. Like it wasn't to the point where like I could have and engage in a conversation mm -hmm. and also my SAT scores were like really bad mm -hmm. so I was like all right Valerie move to Tampa Jelly was living in Tampa with my brother I needed to be a place to a place where I was mm -hmm. going to be stable focused so I went to a junior college that was transitioning into a community college where literally I was like there was no people my age pretty much in that school. Like people were over 40. There were, you know, after, like a lot of night classes. And I went there and I learned the language and I started taking like remedial classes, like remedial, like two plus two equals four. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I got this. All right, cool. And, and it was nice because I felt like at that point I needed to humble up and do the work and walk the walk. How they say, okay, let me walk the walk, learn my shit. And then I could aim for something you know, different, not higher because, but different. So I graduated with my, my associates and then I applied this time around to 16 schools and I got accepted to like around 14, but I'm like, Hey, I'm coming through, <laughs> make some room. Um, so, so I decided to go to Clark university in Massachusetts. They gave me the most financial aid and it just made sense. So I graduated with my bachelor's in 2019, May of 2019 in international relations, so like political science and marketing. And then when graduation was coming, I was like, all right, what am I going to do with my life? You know, graduation is coming. I'm an entrepreneur in my heart. So like, am I going to kick off a marketing agency that I was like doing like as a side hustle or what? And I ended up applying to a Fulbright scholarship to represent like a binational fellow in another country where you work and you represent like the government. And then it's nice. So the one I applied to, it was specialized in business. So I had the opportunity to move to Mexico and work there in a company in the impact investing field. So like investing in women-led companies in Latin America. So it was really dope because I was doing marketing for this amazing company that's helping women. I love that shit. Mm -hmm. And I was getting half of my MBA done. But then, you know, I was living my best life, drinking my micheladas i was feeling myself you know mm -hmm. embracing my sexuality discovering things about who i am that i didn't mm -hmm. even know that i was capable of feeling or being and then corona happened and then uh. i got a letter from the former president que ya gracia Dios no está, saying that i needed to leave mexico because they were going to close the border and i was like all right i'm out so mm -hmm. then i moved to miami and that's where 
basically we started working on Posh Palma, but now Jill is going to talk to you guys, uh, to you guys about the idea, how it was formed and then how we got to business. Love it. So pretty much the idea, como le mencionamos, was in January of 2020. Um, I had, so I used to do styling here as well in Miami. So yo tenía una clienta that invited me to go to a showroom with her. And she called me and she was like, Jelly, I want you to come with me. Um, they want to give me a couple of pieces from this brand. I said, of course, let's go. So I go with her. We go, do we do everything. We do our jam. We leave and we drive back home together. Y ella me dice a mí, but I remember you telling me about you wanting to do something like this, like build kind of like a store concept, you know, like, you know, what's going on with that? She's like, look at this lady. Like the lady was running her showroom out of her house, you know, out of like, she, she had a two floor house and the first floor, ella literalmente tenía like two, three couches, bien lindo, you know, the place was super cute, a nice rug, a little center, like for people to take pictures. And she was by appointment only. So she would only take appointments like on Instagram and she would let pe certain people obviously enter her home. And when I left from there, como que empecé a, pa a maquina, 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 you know, like she spoke to me and I didn't sleep, you know, for like a week and I didn't talk to nobody. I was like, like what's happening, you know? Cause in my mind, now I have two kids, I'm married and um, I was having, I had this freelance gig and I'm like, when am I going to do this? You know? And for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to do this when I'm like in my 40s. Like, ya cuando los muchachos te más grande, you know, I have less. Bucando toda la cosa, the way that we do when we're trying to start a project. Because it's not perfect and everything's not perfect. You know, all the surroundings yeah. aren't perfect. So um, after like a week and a half, I called Valerie. And I was like, because she. I was in Mexico. So we have, yeah, she was in Mexico. So we have a really great relationship. We have great communication. And of course, I respect her in her industry. And so does she on mine. So when I got together and all the ideas started popping up, I'm like, okay, yo podría hacer esto sola, pero para mí se me sentía como imposible. Y aside from that, I'm like, I wanted to compartirlo con ella. So la llamé y le dije, mira, I pitched it to her, claro y pelado como me salió, and I'm like, mira, I went to do this, uh, this is what happened, the store, like, yo, let's do this, like, now, what do you think, you know? And she jumped on it, like, right away. Um, she was like, of course, like whether, you know, at that point it was like, whether you want to involve me or not, I'm gonna help you. So I was like, all right, perfect. So that was January in March, um, borders closed. She came to Miami crying. She came to Miami <laughs> crying because she was out chilling, fucking exploring Mexico, like drinking and it was amazing. Woman, like it was amazing. <laughs> she made her way down to Miami. And honestly, I think. At that point in March, we evaluated for about a two, three week period what we were going to do because of COVID. You know, at this point, everything was shutting down. The country shut down. And we were like, what do we do? You know, do we launch this? Do we launch this, you know, digitally? Um, do we wait? Do we hold off? What's going on? Because it was like they closed the country for a month, but then it kept going. And we we're like, we don't know what's happening. And at, at that point, we were like, you know what? We're going to do this because it felt right. We trusted our intuition. It was something that was coming from our hearts. We poured everything into it. It was honestly, and it still is, an escape for us. Like we do it because we don't even follow the money. Like I know the money's gonna come because that's how much I believe in it. Because I do it with my heart, and I'm like, yo, the money's gonna come at some point. Like I'm gonna just mm. universal take care of that part. Mm. But I know I'm gonna put in my mi corazón completo. So that's what we did. So the store launched on June 18th of 2020. 
during a pandemic. Um, So we are very proud of that. The store right now represents uh, other women designers, other women brands and other women artisans. So right now they're all women led. Um, Pretty much, I think like 90% of them are Latinas. Yeah. Which is it just happened, but well. it just happened to it, like it just happened. Like it's not like we're like, oh, just targeting Latina. No. It just ended up happening that way. Um, and we're working right now on our own private label in Santo Domingo. So we're going to designed by us. Designed by the Vodum. Yes. I think oh. gem we're spilling here with you guys. <laughs> Um, that is taking up a lot of our time right now, um, is this project, but we're working with an amazing design team in Santo Domingo. We are very blessed, very grateful. Pero el website ahora mismo está así. Está como que highlighting and, and giving the visibility to these amazing women-led brands. You know, yeah. that is what we are about. We want, we are out there always searching. I know 2020 kind of stopped us with the whole like traveling thing and all the restrictions because we have dreams of being able to go everywhere global to you find, know, to find these beautiful yeah. like fi- like findings you know yeah um of this beautiful work um of these you know beautiful women around the world so we're we're very blessed and we're very lucky and i'm gonna let valerie talk about the community component component that we have to the store <laughs> so back to the cheese so when i came back from mexico <laughs> you know we were like all right we want to have a store but then the question was how can we be different how can we do something mm-hmm. that aligns with the perspective and like the, the ideology? Like we are like community advocates. So mm-hmm. like, how can we do something that's different? What can we do that, that can help us elevate not only our voices, but the other voices of other women. So we started a series called Spoken Jefas, which we're going to be highlighting you both. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, in that space, we just want to highlight like those people that are doing incredible things in the community, and we want to not like be a platform and be como crear el camino for generations to come and for women to look at us and be like, sis, I look like that too. You know, they did that and the freaking pandemic, and I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because we hold on very strong the idea of like collaborating and like uplifting other people and making sure that we're making room because it's one thing to take up space, which I love. I'm like always down to take up space because I fought like our ancestors fought to take up the space. So let's take up space today. But it's like, how, do I, how are you facilitating space too? So, you know, that is different. And so we started doing that with the, the component of spoken jefas. And that's something that we love it very much and that we try to to always work on, you know, like Yeli mentioned, we have, you know, we work with um, artisans and designers, but we created a program called She Rises just for that. So we can make sure that we continue to offer visibility and representation to other people. And and we just want to be a platform. Like if you go to our Instagram, you you know like you fuck with that because it's like it's it's a vibe it's a mood it's like we're offering resources we're offering tips we're giving back and and i think that our goal is to eventually continue to grow in that aspect and elevate our impact and multiply that impact that we are currently doing and and it's basically what drives us you know like Like if we could 100 percent of our time we'd be doing community work exactly so (laughs) 
Pero también, ahí es que, I know we're going to be talking into that. It also comes, you know, you have to monetize what you're doing too. So mm -hmm. that's where we are always battling, but we're making it work. And we are just blessed and honored to be in a space like this one where we can talk. And what we're saying is being welcomed, not just by you two, but your whole ass dope community. Like even among between us, like we have shared community. Like when I'm on your page and I see like, oh, who else follows the page? We have we share a significant amount of, of community and collaborators, even like I always say, Carolina, Miss Rizos, esa es mi prima, porque ella tiene apellido Contrera y yo soy Contrera. Esa es tu prima. Like everything. And like she's, she's out there doing. She's she's amazing. And I think the fact that we can share that says so much about nuestra colaboración and us as individuals, human beings. Yes. Yes. I have one random question. When it comes to you guys deciding to design your own line, are you guys drawing it? Or is it like, is somebody else drawing it? What goes into that? Like, how do you decide, oh, I'm going to start my own line? So, so... I, we've been working with these amazing brands, but in the idea of Posh Palma Styles being born, there was always, there's always been a passion for the way we dress. Like Valerie and I salimo, pa no ponetelo like too confusing. Like we go out and like, we're very into what we wear. It could be a bata. Like it doesn't matter what we wear. We yeah. just, we love to just, we love clothes. Like, we love clothes. We love clothes. And like, mixing like patterns and doing Yeah, like having things. fun with it and like, I always talk about fashion as like, it's a form of self-expression and it's to each its own. And it's like, si yo te doy una blusa, si, yo, si to, lo cuatro ahora mismo no tenemos una blusa, lo cuatro no lo vamos a poner de diferente manera. And it's mm -hmm. going to look different. So it's, it's just, it's beautiful. It's art, you know, it's creative. Like it's, it's from the street. Like it's like, you find inspo everywhere. So when we started the, the when we started the brands, like, you know, Posh Palma Styles, we always knew that we wanted to do our private label brand. We didn't think it was going to happen this fast, you know, mm -hmm. but um, the opportunity came up because we met someone. So we met a designer, una muchacha, Dominicana, eh, Dominicana. Se llama Winnie. ella se llama Winnie Rodriguez. Winnie. Eh, shout out to Winnie. Yes. Shout out to shout, Winnie. Shout out to Winnie. <laughs> it's going to be all up in here, but um, she's the one pretty much sketching. So right now we're in the process where she's already done the sketching. Um, we've approved the designs, but we had gone back and forth with her. And we made times. changes. And we've made changes. Um, right now, we're doing the sourcing of the fabrics. So yeah. now we're looking at cuál es tela, cuál es prints, cuál es color. Exactly. Eh, y también la producción. Como ya, ten, ya estamos hablando with some people in DR, um, you know, like a creative team that we can have there. But something that I wanted to add into that is that something that was very humbling it, fue como que when it came to the point, like the opportunity show up, it was nice to see that we found somebody that does something that we don't do. Mm -hmm. And you, you respect that, you honor that, you give that girl the shadow because she's sketching that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's beautiful to see how we were able to honor that. Like I'm a digital girl, you know, like that's, that's my shit. I'm not here like sketching that. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then Jelly here is like a fashion girl. She works with products. So like, that's her thing. And then like adding Winnie, somebody that it's passionate. And in Dominican Republic, we could be straightforward. There's not that much opportunity in the fashion industry. And she's out here receiving that opportunity 
through postpartum cells, which is like a freaking baby because yeah. you know what I'm saying? But it's nice to see how we're offering her a space in our platform to do what she loves and mm -hmm. we're respecting and honor Winnie. Yeah, exactly. Winnie, you know? Yeah. I love that. And and I love that you even asked that question, Skittles, because it, like when you hear things like that, I'm like, oh, great, they're starting it. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, it'll just get done. But it's always interesting and important, I think, for people to recognize that when you're dreaming out loud and putting your visions together, there's never harm in tapping on someone's shoulder and saying, mm -hmm. hey, actually, I need help, right? It doesn't mean your ideas and your, it's still, co like, collaboration is still yours. Like, it's still both your parents' child, right? Like, it's not like you're more or less your mom's child than you are your dad's child. It takes two, right? And so in collaboration, it's like, actually, it takes that level of collaboration. And if it's in the best interest of the ultimate goal, then what's the problem? <laughs> just exactly. Um, no, the, the end thing, the end goal is just for it to come to life, you know? Yeah. And what do we do for it to, for us yeah. to have it like that? And especially that we're such big advocates about working in, in conjunto, like working in team, working in community. And right away when we wanted to do this, we were like, yo, we're doing this in DR. Like, why would we do it somewhere else? Like we're Dominican. Why would we offer that? I mean, a dream of ours is to one day own like a whole big ass team in Dominican Republic and have, yeah. and offer jobs and offer like a million other amazing benefits, you know, to people over there and help as much as we can and support. I love yes, that. that's dope. All right, ladies. So now we're gonna go into our brunch at questions. And the first question we have for both of you is what is your go-to brunch at plates? So when you go out to brunch, what's your go-to like order? Bueno, you want, you want me to go first? <laughs> so we're in Miami. So here we have a lot of Spanish places, mucho cafeteria Latina. Like normally, that's where we go. Like when we go for brunch, I like to have sweet and salt. I am, I am a big sweet person. I think I told you guys, but I love waffles. So either waffles or French toast. But then I have to have some sort of like omelet, like some sort of like the eggs cuna. And here we have Cuban toast. So uno huevito con una tostada cubana, eh, bien rico con un chin de mantequilla. Mi cafecito con leche, and we're good. Yes. I'm going to break it to you all, but my ideal brunch is some mango. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> when I think of brunch, como que I, 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 you know, like I can't, I, I'm like mango con salami o jamoneta, o, no, sal, no, longaniza con queso frito y huevo frito, pero con la yema blandita. Yes. And onions. And I'm already if you want to jazz. Ay, Just so you can <laughs> But yeah, I feel like I'm not a big fan of like, como, como lo, I don't know, como la toast con eso. I'm more like un mango because like, I like to eat heavy in the morning. Um, mm. So that's my go-to. Yes. yes. That's a good. Me and Skittles have been known to bust some mango at, at breakfast. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Havana Cafe is one of our favorite spots. Oh, I've been to Havana Cafe. And they, they have a tres golpes. Oh my God. But then they also comes with a, with a Cuban empanada. Ay, Dios <laughs> but we got to go when, when you two come down here. Everything like a Cuban sandwich, basically. And when I'm on Oh, wow. Qué rico. Mm -hmm. 
the mimosa in the sangria and the I know unlimited bottomless, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Bottomless. <laughs> yes. So then that go that goes right into our next question. What is your go-to brunch drink? What are you drinking at brunch? I love a peach bellini. Yes. Skittles. I'm about to put you on. Because I have a great I have I I've mentioned this on like five different episodes, but I have a great recipe. Ah, pues mándamela, please. Mándamela. <laughs> bueno, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to be basic. I like my orange juice. Un juguito de naranja, freshly squeezed. That's it. You have me in there. That's cute. Just orange. La naranja de, de, del campo, que you have to take the horse to get to the right. <laughs> And then go to like a neighbor's house to find how to like exprimila. That type of orange juice. Um, so... Tell us, what was it like going out to eat when you were growing up? You can go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if I remember going out to eat. I, so my parents split up when I was like four, three or four, I can't remember. Um, so me going out to eat, like with my mom, all I can remember that it was with my tia, as like, you and later we'll talk about this, but it was like either, you know, them talking about something going on in the family, um, some sort of a chinche, or with my dad, like my dad remarried like two, three years later. So I had a stepmom. Um, at that point, like me and her weren't clicking for a while. So it was a little, always a little uncomfortable. I would always try to um, evadir la situación, like to be in places with her and my dad. Um, we later got to a better place, but um, I pretty much grew up with her and my mom. I, I can't remember like really specific feelings of, I would always love though being more with my mom because I felt more like homey. Like I felt more like, like comfortable, you know, like happier. Um, I think I remember mostly for like birthdays <clears throat> or like occasions. So like there's a place called La Fogata. It's in Tenares. I, I lived in Salcedo, which is the smallest provincia of the Dominican Republic. And I remember going to La Fogata for like birthdays. So it was always like, okay, los jeans, machevere. You know what I'm saying? Or I remember that there were, I used to live in Dominican Republic with my aunt and her husband. And I called them mommy, papi, because I was a kid. You know, I, they were my, my parents for until I was like 10. And then I realized it wasn't like that. But I remember that we would go to Santiago to go food shopping sometimes to La Sirena. La like Sirena. for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, for Christmas, we should shop at La Sirena to buy the grapes, the red grapes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. So we would eat like in La Sirena, like in the food court in La Sirena. But like those were like really like Mem good memories memo. because we would only do that for like happy moments. Or si había una cita en el doctor y hay que ir para Santiago to the doctor. Okay, so then those were like sad moments eating. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to the doctor, what's happening? Right. But we didn't really used to go out to eat like that, pero era más como, let's go to the pica pollo or let's go to the parque to buy a patelito de huevo for breakfast. You know, like things like that. Yes, I love, I love that. And I love that you highlighted La Sirena because very seldom do I get to like, get into DR culture that deep with people because a lot of my Dominican friends are Dominican American and they don't have a deep relationship with the island. Mm -hmm. But La Sirena is like, for those who don't know, it's almost like 
a Walmart, but it has a food court in it with legit like yes, like food, like yeah, bacalao, like <laughs> it's like a one-stop shop. Like you're in there, the de la que te levanta ta la tarde. Yeah, like that's how we would go when I was like we would go to like buy the school supplies too, for instance. Okay, the whole day to la sirena. Yep. Oh. Yep. So it's it's its own special thing, and I've been known to even in my late years. When we go to Latin, my mom will be like, I know, vamos a comer la sirena when we don't feel like cooking. So, yeah. Yes. And now they have a lot of good products for the curly. Oh, yes. I was there a little bit ago. And I was going to say, I have to check. I haven't been, I haven't been to DR in like, well, two years. But when I went, era de rápido para uno quince. So I didn't like get oh, to, so you didn't get to explore. But before then, I haven't been to La Sirena in, in, in a minute, but it is. Well, I invite you to go and check that aisle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So fast forward to adulthood. We go out to eat. What is your favorite bochinche topic to discuss over a meal? Close. ¿Qué se puso aquella? ¿De dónde se? ¿Y ese vestido? salió ese vestido? What does she th- Did she look at herself before she left the house? Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, my yeah. Clothes. Like, always clothes. Because it's the first thing I see. It's the first thing that I that attracts my eye. That's yeah. a really good one. I feel like I always end up in, like, sexual conversations. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I'm always like, oh, entonces, ¿qué pasó? And then, like, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't have a filter when it comes to, like, things like that. So I'm always like, ¿y te gustó lo que hicieron? Ay, no me diga eso. You know, so like, I don't know why. <laughs> you know what's good with Valerie that I love? Sometimes it, sometimes I'm like, okay, I gotta rewind. She likes lujos y detalles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Si tú le vas a dar una historia a ella, no le diga, ah, Valerie, mira lo que hizo tu hermano, él me regaló que... Ah, no, no. Eh, eh, what dale happened? Rewind. You walk in into the house. ¿Cómo you fue que pasó? What was his request for you? Like, yo, like, oh my god! <laughs> it's because I love, I, I love psychology too, and like behavioral and like things like that. So I'm always like interested in all the details, but I always end up in like sexual conversations with people, like me questioning everything. And it's, it's <laughs> you want to know the details? They're telling the story. Yeah, I'm like, wow. oh, these are like juicy details. <laughs> Same. Nosotros somos prima entonces porque. <laughs> Tú, Carolina y yo. Yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Las primas. And maybe Skittles could just sip our peach bellini and we'll be happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, uh, now we are moving into our cheers to the ladies who section where we shout out dope people doing dope shit. Goodbye, number 45. And hello. Well, <laughs> I want to talk about J-Lo because there was an inauguration. Yes, there was a lot of other stuff, but let's talk about the real details we care about. So J-Lo's performance. First of all, I'm very interested in J-Lo's outfit and what you guys thought about the fashion. Well, not just yes. J-Lo. What did you guys think about the fashion of the day? No, the fashion was on point. On point. Like, okay. Like, Obama. Like, Gaga, Gaga too was like, I, loved, I really did. I loved her, her, like her, even her hairstyle. The braid. Ella es una persona tan iconic. Um, yeah. Lady Gaga is someone um, that I really look up to. She's, fucking awesome 
Mm. Um, but JLo, honestly, like taking up the space that she always does is just, it's, it's just too much. Like she walks in anywhere and it's like, yo, I'm here. Medics, right? Like I'm here and like, this is, it, it is what it, like, this is who I am, you know? Yeah. And she's, I respect her, you know, I respect her for the empire she's building. I respect her for everything she's, yeah. you know, she's creating out there. Um, and she's, she's Latina. Like, yeah. yeah. Also like, Listen. like, no, after you. No, no, go, 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 go. You, you first. You first. Okay, after the year that we went through, I was like, be freaking extra. Like, we yeah. need all the extraness. Like, you're, this man is out. So, like, we're just celebrating with extraness, like, full course meal, like, everything. Yes. Word. No, I feel like, so, first off, I thought that she looked fabulous in her white pants, ruffly, big, like, jacket. But what I was really here for was the 20 pounds of hair behind her. Like, <laughs> always, always, always. showed that back of the head. And I was just like, she had a whole fucking horse. <laughs> a whole horse in the back of her head. And I'm like, you better fucking wear that hair like it doesn't weigh 20 pounds. Exactly, <laughs> sis. You better wear Okay? Yeah. Now, as far as the song selection... Here comes the music teacher. Kills the music please, teacher. please, please teach, teach, <laughs> preach. Here's my thing. We know that J-Lo can hold a note, but we also know that J-Lo isn't a singer. Yeah. You know, you can. Amen. Amen. Preach, preach, preach. So, because she's not a singer, right? Because in real life, as a 40, 50 something year old woman, she sounds like a 12 year old. Yeah. Yep. The fact that she was singing, This Land is Your Land, made it feel like a 12 year old. You felt, I felt like I was in Disney. Yeah. Yes. Like the, the, the ride that it's a small world after Exactly. All. But that's because that's what that song is. Like that song is literally like that type. That's what that song is. Yes. So you can't take that song, put a whole <laughs> orchestra on it, and then have J-Lo taking dramatic pauses like, this no. land <laughs> was made. Like what the fuck? Really? You're singing a lot. You're singing a lullaby right now. Like you put it all this. You would think that she was singing like "Unbreak My Heart" or like "My Heart Will Go On." Like this bitch was like, "This land was made." And then let's talk about the moment that we've. It's the moment because that's what I'm waiting for. (laughs) Before the moment, the breaking into the Spanish, I appreciated the fuck out of it. I thought that it was great that she decided to say what she wanted to say uh, because what she was saying was basically the uh, the allegiance. She was like one nation, like some shit. One like nation that. under God, indivisible. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. So I thought that that was important because while I wasn't watching the inauguration with my family, but the moments where it's like, yes, I'm a part of this country, I'm a part of this culture. But when you get something, even as slight as the language being spoken, which I don't think in any other inauguration we've seen like another language being spoken on the Capitol steps, it was meaningful. So to me, I felt like the moment at the Super Bowl when she went like that and it was the Puerto Rican flag, like it it had that same energy. So then I'm writing this and I'm like, yes, yes, she's saying it. And then all of a sudden, Let's get love. <laughs> <laughs> Se jodio. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> you were like, man, you made such an impact. And then. No, but the thing was that the passion <laughs> behind it, too. <laughs> I was like, is that how you want to, let's get loud, is how we want to Can you please? Can you please sing it again? Sing it again. What's funny is that what's funny is that um on TikTok somebody had edited a version of like it goes from this land, but then they cut it to the Super Bowl dance break where she goes, let's get live. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Oh and I almost would have preferred that. Like I almost, yeah, yeah. I would have lost my shit if that let's get loud. Yeah. Like, I would have been like, yeah. Like, she, she's a full blown. She's a full blown performer. Yeah, like, full blown performer. You know, and she's she's a badass at that. Yes, um, and she changes outfits fifty five times. But mm. you know, pero como que you gotta know como. If you know, you know. Como no, sis. You know what I'm saying? Like, after a point, it's like, yeah, pero no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I support like you. You always say, like, know your, know your skills. They can follow what you love. Yeah, like, what follow what you're good. Yeah. Embrace your goodness. Don't try, because why are you doing that? Like, why? You know what I'm saying? And I was like, they fucked up. Why they put her after Gaga? I, was like, <laughs> I know. It was terrible. Yeah, geez. Like, Gaga so has her extra Don't get me wrong. I love Gaga. Like, she has her extra moments too during the song, but she can hit it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't she can hold the note. She she can like, oh, she's noise. being extra, but she sounds good being extra, but she's being extra. Exactly. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Uh, did you guys like the bird? I would, to me, it looked like the Mockingjay from, from <laughs> Hunger Games. Ah, but I was like, damn, that's a big ass. Yeah, bird. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about having a bird on me. I don't know. It was a cute ass bird. Um, but you know, and and it's funny, like I did appreciate the fashion. Um, like you said, I think the fashion was on point across the board. And I know this moment is bigger than fashion. And I know that oftentimes when we talk about women in the context of politics, people go to the fashion first. But I actually think that with the new woman VP, we should make room for both truths because it shouldn't be that we don't talk about the fashion and the stuff because it's like, oh, that's a woman stereotype. No, yes, I'm a woman. I care that Michelle came and slayed. And okay. I also care that, you know, there was a transition of power. It can be both. We don't need to like- both. Exactly. And we're allowed to enjoy both of the things. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, why are we not allowed to, to enjoy the fashion when it's something that makes us feel empowered? by the way that Michelle came, like, power up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what? Let's talk. You want to talk about the men's fashion? Bernie Sanders was killing it with his little mittens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I love somebody who had put up a meme that said Bernie came to the inauguration. Like, it was on his to-do list, but it wasn't his all-day plan. <laughs> <laughs> because he had, like, his coat and his mittens, and he was like... Oh. He was chilling. <laughs> like, I did appreciate the choice of colors. Yeah. He was <laughs> the earth tones. You know, he does care about these. <laughs> I feel like it's very, everybody has the right colors. He came through with the, with the green and the browns. Yeah, he made, a, he made a pit stop at the inauguration. That's what it was. Right. <laughs> but really happy to see whatever this administration 
um, holds. Obviously, I don't I don't expect a miracle in four years because that that's just not fair. Even um, and Joe Biden wasn't the Democrat that I initially wanted as president, but even the ones I wanted, I knew we're not going to be able to save all of America in four years. And so, with those realistic expectations in mind, I really do hope that. Yeah, the country can start taking the foundational step towards the changes that hopefully whoever is next, whether it's bueno, I don't think it's going to be Joe because that's the viejo. No, he's like seventy-eight. So I don't know yeah, yeah. if at eighty-two we want somebody. I don't know, eighty-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like I feel like yeah, he can continue foundational work. You know, and I'm, on his first day, Tamir yeah. signed a bunch of executive orders um that sort of reversed a lot of things that trump has done there's a big focus around daca and immigration which is really great because democrats are actually really notorious for not giving a, a good amount of emphasis on immigration past like obama did the daca thing but there's so many other things that go under immigration that get overlooked and it's always like what is the shiny object of immigration and that's what we want to focus on um yeah. but you know a with the pressure that everybody's applying, I think that they will make some significant changes. I won't hold my breath, but no song Trump. So that's- Pero no song Trumps, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because this morning, was it this morning? Uh -huh, I woke up and and one of my best friends, she's here in my house. And I was like, how, how are you feeling today? Y yo como que estaba en el aire. And she was like, she said something like, we have a new president and like she smiled at me and I was like wow yes is you know like it just it just feels como a good peace of mind just knowing that it's someone different amen amen oh can I have some okay. all right ladies so now we're going into our tuta loca as section where we call out motherfuckers for doing the most yeah <laughs> we have that every time people don't cheer for us i like that it was like wow oh, we love how to can cheer. you not we're like if you need us to be cheerleaders oh we can, we're like, like dance we can twerk out here like we're here we're doing <laughs> we're doing the most so like <laughs> we're shouting ourselves out no <laughs> well today in tuta loca we asking vaccine or no vaccine where do we stand on the vaccine bueno I'm getting the vaccine. Same. I haven't had COVID, but I'm freaked out. I've been freaked out a lot by it. And I think that it's also like we've been put through so much. And like a part of me is also like I'm tired of whether or not knowing if I have it or not, or if I'm contagious, you know, if I'm being contagious to my little nephew who hasn't had it and I don't want him to get it. So I'm getting the vaccine. Yeah. So for me, I, I've gotten COVID, but pre-COVID, I definitely was thinking about not getting the vaccine. Um, I don't normally do the flu shot. I've never given my kids the flu shot. I haven't gotten either in my life. Yeah. I've never gotten the flu. My son actually got the flu when he was, I think, three years old. Um, but after I had COVID, not that I also had it bad because gracias a Dios, I didn't have like terrible symptoms. You know, it wasn't like horrible, a horrible experience, but it just, it made me see everything in a whole new way. And I was like, dude, if, if it's available, like, why not do it? You know, I think just mm -hmm. all of 2020, like all that shit that we went through with COVID, it was like, 
ya, like, at least try to, I'm not going to think about the, que, ah, no, porque quien se la pone, entonces le da, o, o como que all it's the stuff much. extra, like, I can't think about that. Right now, I'm thinking in my box, and I'm like, all right, there's a COVID vaccine, I'm going to get it. Yeah, and also, like, I think <clears> it's beyond just us. Like, I think, the way I think about it, it's like, it's time for, like, I can't just think of myself individually. It's like for the sake, like, the sake of other people. And yes, there's a ton of research and I trust that there's people that are investigating the negative side effects. But at the same time, there's only so much you could do. Te va a volver loca. No puedo volverme loca because I got to be sane because I have pushed by myself. I have racist media and I have Valerie Diaz. So like, you know? Yeah, I think I think it's it's interesting. I, I really resonate uh, with, with Jelly and, and you guys on the whole, like, I don't, I don't get flu shots. I have in my lifetime at some point gotten one, but it was like, I was young and I forgot even how that ended up, like how I ended up getting it. But I don't even, I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but like my mom thinks of plant medicine a lot. And so like when flu season comes in mm -hmm. her mind, what happens in the household is we go into preventative mode. So she starts making the, 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 jengibre, the ginger teas, yeah. all this, like, you know what I mean? And we're taking yeah. medication and we're very preventative. And that yeah. doesn't mean that we completely always pass maybe getting a flu. And I'm somebody who, yo me enfermo, easy. I am shocked, mm -hmm. knock on wood, que yo no me acoronado. I'm shocked to have a I'm, I'm sorry. I just also have to take a, po a pause for this. Yeah, yo corone and corona. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yo corone. Hello. But like it's but it's true. I've been shocked, but I've also been very afraid of it. Like, and I've still moved because I'm one of those people who had gotten on a plane during COVID. Like I've moved around during COVID. Pero siempre with a deep fucking fear the me whole way too. through. Um, and I think that for me, I just have my fear around the vaccine. I think people should get it. I'm not anti-vax, so this, this is not gonna take that corner. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but but I am vax suspicious. And I am- 100%. And it's less about the fact that I don't think vaccines work. I do think vaccines work. I think anti-vax people think vaccines aren't effective and like are unnecessary. I think it's necessary. I fear the speed at which it was developed. I fear, you know, having to trust that the research is happening along the way. Pero tengo a deep fear that at the end of it, they're going to discover some crazy ass shit that like when I'm 70 is going to bite me in the ass because I lived during the times of COVID and I needed to get a fucking vaccine. Yeah. But that is a big fear that I think can be dispelled with information. I think that part of my trusting the information has to come with trusting the people giving the information. And a lot of, you know, for the Latinx and Black community, there's so much history of people testing things. And like being misinformed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and us being misinformed and finding out like way, way down the line. You always hear, like I can just hear it now. The, I can see 10 years from now, me on the TV hearing, oh, did you get a COVID vaccine and feel these side effects? If so, call this lawyer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Call yes. Joe. Todo he can caso. save you. Like, no, and I'm like Joe. Don't come for me. Like, okay, so I'm, I am suspicious, and I think it's a healthy suspicion, right? Like it's coming from valid things and valid ways in which our systems have uh, deceived us in order to do what they think is best for people. So I just, I just, I worry a little bit, and so I'm more of the mind of 
I'm watching. I'm watching people who are brave enough to take it first. Yeah. I'm watching to see how it's affecting them. And obviously it affects everybody differently, right? So it's not one catch all thing, but I feel like, damn, if, if, if things are going well and if in a few months and six months, maybe that I'm even saying that I'm like, bitch, maybe that's too long to wait, but I'm like, maybe even just half a year. If I'm like, damn, if we can see in half a year more, it's not just the people who just took it, but the time that they continue to take in the lab to work on it. So I'm like, if they needed more than less than a year, si cuando le toca el año, vamos a poner más o menos that the thing has been out, then I feel like I would trust it a little more because they've had time to work on it. And then, oye, give it to me. Like, I just, I feel a little afraid of the timing is all. Yeah, I agree with everything that y'all said. I feel like I keep on thinking of that, meme of spongebob looking out of the blinds at everybody else walking like (laughs) because that's really what it is like i feel like i live in the two worlds of like i have like my family that's suspicious you know they're like no they're gonna put tracking devices and da 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 like we fall into that suspicion like tracking devices and they, they you know changing lifestyles and all this stuff um and like when it comes to tracking devices, I'm like, I'm all over the internet. If they need to find me, they can find me. I don't give a fuck. But like, you no, know, that shit is scary. And then like, but then I have like my friends who are like, no, the science is there, the research is there, they've said this, they said that. But that same fear of like, you know, uh, you know, thinking back to like how they used to like test on Puerto Rican and you know, people in the Caribbean women for like birth control and shit like that, like what type of defects yeah. could possibly come from this vaccine that we don't see now because we took it because we were scared. But also I was scared. I've been scared for like a whole year. Um, and I'm also like, because I'm an educator, I get like that kind of like cool insight of like being one of the first people that can get it. So I'm like, at this point, I'm kind of just like, well, what do you do? Yeah. I'm gonna get it. Like, I think I'm gonna get it. But I also do want to kind of like wait and see. But I'm definitely like on the road to getting it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that took me out of my reassurance of the vaccine because at some point where they were like, oh, we might require it to, for people to fly. I was like, well, guess I'm getting a vaccine because the bitch is not, not flying. Because uh, yeah, you're not, not living. Living. Exactly. And that's something that um, has been brought up a lot of times when I get into this discussion of like the ways that is going to change our lifestyles. Like if you got to travel, you got to have proof of vaccine. There's, there's talk of Ticketmaster already <laughs> having protocols in place for concerts if you want to go to a concert, you have to show. Oh, the I didn't concert. know that. Oh, you know, wow. so it, it's 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 it's, it's seeping into to everything, you know, and and these businesses already have a plan, right? So but, it's like. But then, when people throw out the conspiracy theory, of like, well, of course that's going to be the case because all of these corporations are in cahoots. So you know, you have companies because one of the vaccine companies that that that's out there, Trump has stake in, right? Then so one of the other ones, you know, there's all these weird Bill Gates theories that are very yeah. weird. But like he owns stock in a lot of those things. Fauci has fun. so that people are like, yeah, but they're making money. So don't you think it makes sense for them to want to make sure that it is pushed as much as possible? And I hear shit like that, and I'm like, oh, that feels absurd. But we live in a capitalist society that doesn't care about oh, exactly. you. Got to allow. You got to have that room is of that like, like maybe <laughs> I should think about it. 
but but also I, I just think that like Fauci was talking about it and and you know somebody had asked him the question was it Anderson Cooper or Chris Cuomo one of the two where like a lot of people are asking if they take the vaccine why do they still have to wear a mask like is the vaccine doing it and they're like and Fauci was like no well we don't know maybe like the vaccine can still be like living in you and you don't get sick but like you could still you're like well what's the like, and then it's, so so then yeah, I'm yeah. kind of like so what's the big difference again between having it and not having it like I'm actually genuinely trying to understand what the difference is because I people need to respect the fact that you're putting something in my body and I do get to be very critical of what that means and yeah. and you can't just shove it down my throat you know but you can put up barriers and say well you can't participate on flying concerts all types of shit if you yeah. don't do it but then that feels so forced that it's like Exactly. Me with more proof. feel pressure. You feel Force pressure me with yeah. more results that are like, girl, what are you talking about? Look at all these great results. And mm -hmm. they have in their trials had successful results and some not so successful, which is normal to any medicine that we've ever taken. Mm -hmm. the is the speed. And that's why I'm saying it's not that I don't trust medicine, but this happened very Yeah, but I think we all have the right to to like question it, yeah. but at the same time, it's like my little brain, it's a little bit exhausted yeah. of like having to live with so much questioning, you know, why can't I just trust you a little bit? But then it's like, I can't, I'm conditioned to not trusting you. To not trust anyone. You know, like <laughs> it's just, it's a lot, like it's heavy stuff. And it's, I think it's, it's like everyone, and that's why like, I try not to be judgmental when I hear people giving like a different opinion, some people have just observed. I'm like, nah, you're, yeah. sure. you're talking nonsense. Go to sleep. You know, but like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some people do have their logical, like, you know, they're like how we're saying the two sides of the, the coin, you know, and it, it's just hard, like period, you know? I just want COVID to be over. I know. <laughs> Go back to me being- No, and Skittles mentioned Ticketmaster and I'm like, dude, the first thing that I'm like waiting for when this- The concert. It's concerts. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I miss music. I miss like live music. And, yeah. and dressing up to like, you know, go to like a special event to do something that you yeah. love. I don't even like dressing up like that, but I'm like, wow, I've become a pajama girl. <laughs> <laughs> I only wear, I'm wearing pajamas right and oh, that's like, awesome. you know what I mean like it's just but I, it's made me be it's made me for the first time because I'm not I've never really been a fashionista in any sort of way but it's made me want to put some pride and thought into some of what I wear when I leave my house because mm -hmm. I'm trying to leave my house so why not you're doing something different out of the norm because you're exactly. so now used to wearing either yoga pants or or you know athleisure wear or gym shit or pajamas that now people are like Oh, like when they used to have those things before at the beginning of COVID, when it was like when your highlight was going to food shopping and people were like, yo, this is my outfit to go to, to go food shopping. And people yeah. would get like all decked out. I'm like, yo, I feel you. Like, yeah. Normal. I feel like even now, because going out is so limited and stuff like that, I feel like I'm repeating clothes over and over again. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm wearing the same shit all the time now because it's like, if I'm not trying to dr get dressed up, Intense. I'm just going to throw on the same jeans and the same yeah. shirt. Like, whatever. <laughs> totally. That happens all the time. Here in Florida, though, it's things aren't like, in terms of like, como que no, 
Y'all are regular over there. Y'all are, yeah, y'all are like, I, don't, I didn't want to like, I don't know. We're like normal. Like, <laughs> but regardless, it's not like we're out there tampoco. Like, no, we don't go really, truly stuff, although exposing. Although the clubs are open. Are open in Miami? Well, yeah. I've seen some stuff on my Instagram from some people that I follow, like twerking competitions in clubs. Yeah. We haven't been to clubs, no, but I no. think they're open. I don't you know. know. And I'm not even, please. And I would yeah, if you have, you have. Yeah. No, no, no. But we haven't because we would have told you if we would. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Say, but I saw that in Atlanta, a future had a concert. Future the rapper had a concert, but people were like on top of each other. Like it was, there was, it wasn't social distance whatsoever. And I'm kind of like, okay, guys, I get the urgency of wanting normal life. But yeah, but, okay. you, but try the social distance at least try the social no mask like literally him no one was wearing masks. nothing like not even the security that was working the fucking event was wearing a mask <laughs> it, it i think it was like 600 people in that small that's little room and I'm just, that's a lot that's a, that's a whole risk why do we, why we don't make progress because that's what and and here's my ultimate and, and and i guess i'll end on this is part of my hesitation is also coming with the frustration that Fucking New Zealand didn't need a vaccine to get rid of COVID. New Zealand just had a, a, a leader that was like, no, we have to follow these rules because we do not want to find ourselves next year in a position where we can't have a normal life. And where's New Zealand now? COVID free. And people are living their normal lives out there. Again, they're back to it. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't take the vaccine. It's not, it has nothing to do with the vaccine. That's not to say that they're not going to offer it and all that stuff in the country. But I'm saying like, if we as a country could have at least united on the idea of a lockdown that was yeah, strict and it was going to be hard, but that it was going to be worth by 2021, we can go to a yeah, motherfucking concert. Totally. No, y también como, I don't know much about the way that New Zealand did it. But I'm sure that they did it in that civilized way. Yeah. Okay, for example, in Dominican Republic now, there's a lockdown. Like I was there and we were in the lockdown. And it was like they were like basically like hitting people in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like a palo limpio, like if you don't, if you're out. So it's like I know there there had to be like a middle ground and like a civilized way to go about it, but it just wasn't implemented and now we're here. And in some of the countries and some of the Nordic countries, like the, the Denmarks and the Swedens and all that stuff, like they were also willing to pay their citizens money, stimulus, like consistent, not the que, oh, the first chequecito que no dieron and now we got a little, you know. <laughs> I check back in like, like <laughs> I got like six months later. Uh-huh. But because the big thing here in America, no es que la gente would refuse to stay home by any means, because obviously staying home doesn't mean that you're not allowed to step foot outside of your door. It's just like everything is shut down, really, except for essential things. So you really can't, there's nothing to do outside, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't afford it. We can't say, keep the restaurants closed and keep this closed, because at the end of it, these motherfuckers are going to owe money that they can't afford with no business if people aren't coming in. And our country, instead of bailing out the people first, decided to bail out big businesses. And I'm like, what money are they going to make off of people who aren't making money? Let yeah. give us the money first. We stimulate the economy. It's not the other way around. And so I get frustrated because I'm like, Coño, talk about money. Why didn't y'all just pay us out so we could have stayed locked down for two to three months without worrying about whether or not we were going to get evicted or if our family could eat and all that stuff. For living, for living, for sustaining. And I could have gone to that future concert my damn self and been fucking mad. 
you know, <laughs> like, but at least it would, you know what I mean? Like it would have been worth it. But now yeah. it's like, we have to figure out how to live normally with COVID instead of trying to stop COVID so we can live normally. And rush the vaccine while we're at it because we're like, oh my God, we need the vaccine because we're, we're trying to get out there. Yeah, but that's basically but, it. We're trying to live normal with COVID. Mm -hmm. That's it. You couldn't have said it better. All right, so moving on. <laughs> it's, sad. it's just sad. It's yeah. Just So now we're going to move into our plate of the day. So showing up as me, Latina or Black, right? So we really want to dig into sort of identity politics a little bit. You know, as Dominicanas, we know that Dominicans have a particular rep around being anti-Black. And I put that in air quotes because I think that the root of some of those sentiments don't necessarily come from hate of Black people. It comes from a conditioning of an island from dictatorship and presidencies and witnessing the treatments of Haiti, right? Like that makes you feel unsafe in blackness. And so you do everything you can to distance yourself from something that you see people are suffering in. And, and so it's like a psychological thing, but it's not like, a, oh, I see you, you're dark, I hate you. It's not that simple. And I feel like people often try to make it seem like it's that simple. There's also the fact that like, you know, Trujillo was in office um, until, I think it was like 61 or 63, 1961 or 63. Yo creo que fue 63. Right? And that's not that long ago. <laughs> My parents were already born when that happened, right? Like, you know, so what we're saying is that we're dealing with a generation of people who actually were raised and very close to the hands of a nation where the, the, the mode and what they were encouraging was that washing. And a lot of it was subconscious. Brainwashing is a real thing, right? So, yeah, you know, so I feel like it's too easy to just say, oh, Dominicans are anti-Black. Okay, so where does that come from if we are in fact Black, right? But then, you know, I feel like as a Dominican and because we are talking about a history that's not so far behind, we aren't necessarily taught how to be black or own our blackness. We just know Dominican. So we, we say Dominican and we know all the things that that means, but we don't necessarily know like, oh, bachata comes from black culture in this way. And the, we don't know the specifics. So when we claim that we are still claiming our blackness, but for some of us, we don't acknowledge or realize that that also means we're to claim that we're Dominican is to also claim some of our blackness. And then for, you know, some of us que, que, que no parecemos blanquito, you know, like the lighter skin Dominicans, like they're still claiming Dominicanness, And so, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're claiming blackness because they aren't black, but they are from an island that has a deeply rooted black culture, right? And so like the participation then in blackness or the acknowledgement of it feels a little weird because it's like, well, I guess I'm not black, but I am Dominican. And Dominican culture is black. So I'm a white person in a black culture. Like it, there's so many and it like makes my head explode, right? But yeah. I feel like the depths and the layers of that makes for us being aware of our identity as we go through our lives and our journeys in anything that we do. So I sort of, my first question to you guys is like, what was, what is or was your initial perception with this idea of your, your Blackness, like as a Dominican? Yeah, so I can start. So like I was raised in Dominican Republic, right? So like I went to school and I went to both public and private schools and I encounter, you know, gente de diferentes tonos de color, o sea, from like black, ma, ma morenito, ma indio, todo, todo lo que había. 
and growing up, I felt the anti-blackness rooted in my family, but I never questioned it. And I didn't know so much where it was coming from, you know, because the history that they teach you in the art about Trujillismo, no habla mucho o no habla casi nada de que Trujillo era un racista. Right, so they don't- Trujillo was black himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they don't talk about that. They just teach you that Trujillismo was bad and it was like, whatever. And you still have people in the island that are pro Trujillo. Like yeah. So it's like, they're, up, I just, they're the equivalent of white nationalists. On exactly. The uh-huh. And like, I grew up listening to like, like comments that I thought it, back in, you know, I was like, that was rude, but it era como no te siente con, con el chamaquito. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, 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 that I met Afro-Latinos. I was like, and like my friend earlier, she was telling me that one day I made a comment that it was not okay. And like, she approached me and she told me why it wasn't okay. And it's because I, for a very long time, I was conditioned to experience it in this country racism towards me. And it's crazy that I was conditioned to experience in that racism towards me for being, for having my hair like this. Pero yo no entendía where that was rooted from you know what I'm saying so when I first came to Clark University that I had the opportunity to learn about what he meant to honor your ancestors and how I am a reflection of my ancestors and that I'm I identify as an Afro-Latina I'm black like I like I embrace that I'm and and I actually took the time during college to learn a little bit more about the history the Trujillo and that's where I was like yo so when my aunt said that that meant this you know what I'm saying? But I feel like it's something that it's constant and it's forever evolving. <clears throat> and I don't like, there, yeah, there's people that they have reached a point where their identity, where they're like, I think I'm identifico. This is how I feel with my blackness. But as a Dominicana, as an Afro-Latina, and as someone who's proud of, you know, the blackness that that's rooted in the island, I feel like I'm still unpacking that. And I still have so much more to learn. And I'm still figuring it out, how do I go about educating my family? Mm-hmm. Or do I just ignore those comments that are hurtful to me and to, you know, other, like my black fellows, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you navigate that? And I don't think there's not that, like, I don't know, like it's good to have these conversations because you get inspired from them and you learn new ways, but that's such an individual journey too but you got all your ancestors back there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like individual, but then you got your people and then you got to root for them and like you got to create those spaces. But yeah, it's just a journey. And I think now I'm at a point where like I'm accepting the hurtful things because I'm changing the narrative for the way that I was taught. You know, if that makes sense. And, And it hurts, you know, learning like, Cómo que la gente de mi patria puede ser a veces tan racista con otros hermanos. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's even more hurtful, but it's just, yeah. Like in college, I, I had a lot of friends and, you know, like some of my best friends, they were from Haiti. 
and like Dominicans are like, it's like La Isla Española is coming <laughs> together and we're having these conversations that make us uncomfortable, but it's okay us being uncomfortable with it because that means it's growth and we're, you know, we're learning new ways how to educate our families and, and how to take more, more ownership of where we come from. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. It's funny. I learned this, I think last week that like, cause I always said, oh yeah, the island of Española, but it was originally actually is IT. Like not IT the same, but the name of the island is IT, right? No and way. Like, what? Hey. I don't know that. Wait, but it spells como. I don't, I was gonna say, I don't remember exactly how it was spelled. I was in a clubhouse room and they were talking about it. But like the, the guy was saying he was like a, a like professor of something, something. And he was like, actually, actually, if we go before Spain and all that, actually the name of the island was IT, right? Wow. Close to Haiti, but that's how Haiti got its name. Like Haiti got its name from the root of where the island name come from. But this idea of Quisqueya and all this stuff comes through. And think about it, Hispaniola. It's Hispanic. He's Hispanic. Like it's not, but that's not what the island was. The island was never rooted in Spain. Spain arrived. They that's, just created it. Yeah, that's so good that we're learning. You know, like at the root of it, Hispaniola was the name that it was decidedly given as no not that it is born with. Yeah. And I'm actually like, I want to do more research on it. Literally, it blew my mind because like we were talking and somebody had said Hispaniola and we had been saying it the whole time. Right. Like uh, uh, instead of trying to say, oh, DR versus Haiti, we were saying like, you know, and the island is my island. Hispaniola, nosotros toditos, somos blah, blah, blah. It makes sense. I just want to chime in. No, no, but it makes perfect sense. It, yeah. Even in the name of it, like Española, it's true. That's a name rooted in like, in Spain. like it's not. Wow. It sounds like Spain. Yeah. Like, it sounds like, like Hispanic. It sounds like. like, like sounds yeah. like Española. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's nuts. That's crazy. But it's the way it's like you guys, it's, it's like you pointed to. And then I, I want to let Jaylee answer too. But I think it's so interesting because that's what I say is that like the racism is racism. And no matter how they developed it, it doesn't make it not racism. But I think it's important to understand because then when we get mad at each other, if we take a moment not to get mad at each other, but to get mad at the oppressor together, then maybe we can shift the conversation in a different direction because yeah. we can talk it to death. Yes, Dominicans can be racist. Yes, the Dominican government treats Haitians terribly. Like all of yeah. these things are true, but understanding the source of it, I think is key for the people who don't recognize the racism or don't want to call it what it is. I think they have to actually see how many generations of being fooled is, is, exactly. is, is behind the opinion that exactly. they hold. And perhaps if they knew the full truth of the opinion, that they hold that maybe it'll be easier to get them to stop being so fucking racist. Exactly. exactly. And like you, como que, when I was learning about the history, I, como que I was like fire up and like I was gathering this hate towards like, not my family necessarily, but like racist Dominicanos. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then now that I had to unlearn that, but it took me time to understand that it comes from like, el trujillismo, vale? like relax, like not, you know, like you don't have to, generalize where some something that makes you feel so proud of like being Dominicana so it's you know it's like a process of learning yeah so I'm gonna go ahead and speak a little bit from at least what I feel that I can consider that I can bring to the to the plate you know to the table to talk about the conversation because I was raised I was born and raised in Rhode Island so I'm pretty much let's say Dominican-American 
pero yo en mi corazón, en mi corazón, yo me siento 100% dominicana como que if I would have been born there. Um, but my family, both mom and dad, were pretty much, I would say like 80, 85%, like they look like me. Like my whole family son blanco, ojo verde, rubio, eh, de los dos lados. Mm -hmm. este, yo sí te cuento que I have... I've had a little bit of that experience, as Valerie was saying, I think more with my family um, in terms of the racism. Like, I do remember this de chiquita, always, 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 que it was like, uno veía una persona de color, and it was like, I don't even like to use the word because it's so ugly, pero uno decía como, mira ese negro que viene caminando, o mira quién es esa persona que está, como que right away it was, it was always a negative reflection towards somebody that had any sort of color that was any darker than what I was. Prieto was like the worst of it. Like, yeah, yeah. that was the worst. It like is vividly in like my head because I remember it. Um, and I remember always also like not questioning it at that point, but I was, I would always fight with my dad. We would have conversations about this. And like, I think there was a time when I was in school, I think around middle school that I had some sort of passion with African-American history, like literally. I think we can have like social studies was like one of my favorite subjects and me and my dad would always go at it and sitting at the dinner table discussing like me trying to like como que on their side and my dad's like no because this isn't and like we would go at it about this so it was something that I've always been passionate about I've always been a person that I don't look at color I don't look at anything like desde chiquita pero I I have been I think last year so we launched the store on June 18th and then June 19th And during June fue que pasó todo lo que pasó con, con eh, los rallies, tuve con todo. And I remember during that time, I learned a lot from Valerie. Um, I remember during that time, I comenzó como que lo de white passing y lo de este, all these things, you know, that you needed to, for me, were all like new. Like I'm a person who like, I, I'm, I live in my bubble. Like I'm not really, you know, expose, I don't expose myself to so many things but I do have a voice and I do for mm -hmm. some things need to be heard. So I remember when all that was happening, I was like, but I don't understand the white passing. Like I'm not white, I'm fucking Dominican. And like, I'm Dominican and I might be white skin, but like Valerie's Dominican, she's a little bit more morenita. Like I have other Dominicans that are like black, man negrito, but it's like, we're all Dominican, like at the end of the day, you know? So for me, like those are the experiences that I can probably like, talk about that I feel comfortable about um you know to share here in the discussion yeah no and I and I appreciate that because I think that especially which is why I even started the framing as a like blackness but specifically around the frame of being Dominicana and I feel like the same can be said for Boricua culture as well right like but yeah. but but it's it's all coming from a lot of the same thing I think that the thing that makes DR stick out past uh Puerto Rico And a lot of other places in the Caribbean, right? Because even Cuba, right? Like Cuba has a bunch of Afro-Latinos that, that are suppressed and like whatever. But because we share the island with the first free fucking Black nation in the world. Yeah. And, and the root of our history is like in, in DR, when they teach the history, they say, oh, well, we you know uh yeah we got our independence from haiti because haiti was trying to like enslave us and, make us <laughs> and you're like and no one bothers to actually see what was what haiti actually if you reverse and look at it from a different perspective 
they weren't trying to enslave people and stuff like that to oppress the Dominican. They wanted the whole island to be a free Black nation. But people did not like that. But the idea that the leadership were going to be these Black people after we've had the experience of Spain, right? Like in understanding Spain and knowing that culture, and things that we didn't have on the island originally, it's kind of like, no, no, fuck this. I want, I want the nice shit. I want the white people's shit. And like so, glorifying whiteness. You know, and so we learned, we were taught to glorify it in a way that literally like, Oof, I mean, like we can talk about the history for, for a day, but but I'm just saying that that's why I framed it around that because yes, like, you know, if white passing, whatever term you, you want to use, like, sure, you are not like Afro-Latina in that way, but you are from an Afro-Latinx culture. You are yeah. from that yeah. culture. So what is, I think it's important to allow people to understand what their place is and you can't allow them to understand it if you don't even allow them in the, the discussion. You know what I mean? Like to learn. Like if, if you were to trip up and say something wrong, like con amor, we can correct each other. And it's not about hate because ultimately your goal is to want to learn and grow and be better. Like there's so much unlearning that needs to be done. And I think that when it comes to this conversation, todo lo que tú estás aprendiendo. And I feel like this sense of like getting everything right. And it's like, no, sis, I'm learning. And and I, with that comes the history and the baggage and the good and the bad, la playa, pero también lo malo, yep. the crime rates. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like there's this pressure that's placed. Digo, en las voces dominicanas, I would say la que están acá in, in the U.S., because the conversation is constantly flowing, because in the art, I don't really sit on the dinner table talking about my afro latin you know what i'm saying like i don't do that but here it happens a lot mm -hmm. and like i went to college here Ahí también pasaba mucho. and i feel like there's this pressure of you having to know and having to get all the answers and it's like no i'm doing my part you do gotta be educated because shut up and allow somebody that knows to speak but yeah. it's okay for you to have the good intention in your heart to learn and to be a voice or be an ally, you know what I'm saying? Like, and know where you stand, but do take up space because your mm -hmm. voice do does matter. Yeah, 100%. And so sort of to transition into the fashion beauty world, right? I, I'm curious, what, what, like, what is the perspective that is taken on or the way in which um, Afro-Latinas are represented within fashion or not represented? And, and are there any like overarching stigmas or stereotypes and assumptions of like what fashion should look like for them because they're black or is that like not a thing? I'm just curious about putting an Afro-Latina in the context mm -hmm. of this fashion industry world here in the United States, right? Like what does that even look like? Does it, do they even get to be an Afro-Latina or is it like a, nope, you got to pick a side? I think I'm going to speak a little bit to here, but also a little bit to DR only because okay. I've been, I've been trying to educate myself and work now that we're working on the collection in DR, like we have, a, I have a call with a friend of ours um, that has a modeling agency in DR because we were looking at, at kind of, updating and and como se dice este, como allowing the space for other perfiles to be part of Posh Palma Styles that is not just me and Valerie. Yeah. Like we don't want you to come on the site and you just have two people to look at. Like I want all shapes, sizes, colors, like everyone to be on the site. Mm 
So now we're like, you know, digging into more with that. And I know in terms of like, let's say Dominicana Moda and like, you know, Domin Dominicans being in the fashion scene, I feel like in terms of Afro, of Afro Latinidad, in terms of color, hair, like all of that, I think it's slowly starting to be accepted. I don't think it's like 100%. That's what I see on the fucking runway. But I think number one, I always see is the health issues. Like the fact that like how you look like in terms of like your weight, right? So you're a six feet tall, like skinny ass woman who's dark skin with a fro. But like, why can't I see a curvy ass woman down the, down the, down the runway? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's more of the, the issue of what I'm seeing. I think in terms of color, hair and all of that, I think it's slowly, it's getting better. Um, the world is changing, gracias a Dios. But I think in terms of the stigma, when it has to do with your appearance of how skinny you are, like that's still, that's still like in there. Yeah, they care like, more about that than they care about your race. Is it? Yeah, like it's like you could be black and skinny, but that's okay. But like you can't be black and like you got curves. Like yeah. no, like I want. That's what I'm more like interested in, in learning and seeing how the world continues to evolve. And with the store, we're gonna do our part to, to incorporate that. You know because we can control what we can control again. And again, whenever we, our voices could be heard in those spaces, we will talk. And hopefully little by little, that's how change will happen. Yeah. I mean, look, the only thing that bothers me with that, that, well, there's multiple things, but like one of the things that bothers me is that I think that people in that industry does not know how to differentiate between it being trended, like being trendy and you actually having... <clears throat> The, like the intentionality to change what has been in place for years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now como curly hair is very trendy. And I feel like there's a lot of things that do come from like, you know, like black women's fashion that they invented it. And now it's being taken on as like a trend, you know? And it's like, they're still not giving them credit for that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, I don't know if, when will, will we get to that point? But I do feel hopeful for, you know, people like us creating spaces and like making sure that there's more women and men being represented, you know, because mm -hmm. también men do go through that. And, and, you know, that's like, we can talk about that for days too. So it's just, I don't know. I think it's that a lot of people are, oh, it's just so trendy to like, like even to be black, like, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like, it's not okay for you to use it as a trend or as your black card that you can play when you want to and when you don't want to. Yeah. So I get to be black, to be woke. Yeah, like, oh, I'm so woke right now. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, like, I don't think the spectrum is clear and I feel like people continue to misuse it and misjudge it and people still get taken advantage of. And I think a lot of that, what you guys mentioned, has to do with the people that are running the industry still. Like, even though we're out here making these strides towards, like, trying to diversify everything that's being put out, you still have a bunch of old white people that are invested in the industry. And exactly. Exactly. So. And, and, and I tell you that the dinero, o sea, mm -hmm. like, the money, power, money, the el dinero pesa. Entonces, like, but that's why we got it keep putting in the work. So in a few years, we are the ones allá making these decisions that create change de de donde nosotros empezamos. <laughs>
Sorry, guys, my cousin. No, I'm but yeah, create. Um, so we could be the ones at the bottom creating the spaces. Yeah, and I also think that like, and part of where like the question came up for, for me is because like even in my own journey, and so I I mentioned I'm not a fashionista, I'm not into it. A lot of it had to do with the fact that I wasn't seeing anybody who looked like me in American culture, either TV, fashion, whatever, to to know who to look up to, if that makes sense. And and definitely not in DR, like definitely not in DR. Yeah. Right? So it was always so interesting feeling like I could claim a style because everything I was, I felt like it's technically not for me, but I guess I can participate. And before I knew I was black, right? Like that actually that culturally black, you know, I would see the girls with the Jordans and the Pepe jeans and stuff like that in New York. And I would think that stuff is popping, but my mom would be, would not dress me like that because we don't dress like that. Mm. The, the African-American girls dress like that. So it was like, all right, so I can't dress like the African-American girls, but also the Dominican girl fashion, I'm sorry, the, the like bright ass colored pants or the bright ass colored shirt. Oh, no, wait, you know, the, the, the tight ass clothes too. Like you can't yeah. have a shirt that's like a little flowy. It's like, yeah. no. It's and there was this whole trend for a while. Remember where there was like, the plasticky jewelry where it was like yes why was i just thinking that too like everybody in like pretty girl but it was supposed to look like charlotte ruse from 30 yes, yes. yes. Like, <laughs> you know? the long necklace and like the flats remember the flats yes. oh I my owned, God. you know and so i was just and i wasn't really into it but i was like well more dominican girls just like this and my mom would often because my mom actually her first job when she came to the united states was dressing models on the runway um, so wow. she's very much into fashion. Like my mom would love to meet y'all and talk for hours and hours about fashion. Oh yeah, like, I would love to meet your mom. She loves that shit. I was just always like, but none of it matches. And and I went through a little like punk rock phase and I was like, that's what I'm into. And my mom's like, no, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, like, you know what I mean? So I, it was so hard to find an identity in my fashion because my identity was not represented in fashion. So I was sort of like, and I'm, I'm an indecisive bitch. Let me be clear. I'd be indecisive as fuck. So it's like, a, I would try things, but if I wasn't being validated and if other people didn't think it looked good, I didn't even trust and know if I thought it looked good. And half the time I was trying stuff, it was to fit in and not because I saw it and I was like this. And then when those moments did happen, then the fact that I was big, porque hello, yo tengo mi chicho, yo en chicha, right? Like, <laughs> no, estamos todos en chicha. It was so hard to then find clothes that I felt sexy in that I could wear even being fat. Like, I just was like, well, I like a lot of stuff. I love open, like one of the things I love to see is like open back things. Yeah. Oh, I love open back. I got a six pack back here. That cannot <laughs> support, you know, and that's a lot of conditioning. And so for me to undo the conditioning of I'm not supposed to wear that. You know how we are like Dominicanos. We are criticones. Oh, one You know, and like, I remember one of the last, oh, the quinceañera I was talking about the last time I was in DR, um, I wore my natural hair. What'd you wear? What'd you wear? I wore this, honestly, I had gotten this dress from, from Macy's. It was a, actually, gosh, it was a guest dress. It was cute. It was like, it was one of those, like, it, it has a string here, but then it has like the, the, 
frizzy, not not frizzy, but you know, it kind of looks like flowy here, like that shoulder cut, shoulder okay. cut. And it was like cute and black with like these nice, like vibrant flowers. But I also wore my hair natural, which was appropriate for it. But also my hair was in transition. So my curls didn't look like this. They, they were looking a little hurt. <laughs> and the my aunt got into an argument the next day you know all the like neighborhood bitches came over to my other aunt's house to like talk shit and debrief the whole party and this neighbor who i guess didn't realize i was of this family was like Ay, esa, la gorda, eh, que tenía eso cabello fatal, Dios mío, porque yo no sé por qué ella no se fue a un salón y, y, y yo no sé si afán con ese rizo, porque nadie estaba ahí con rizo, pero ella está llegando con rizo, si bla, bla, bla. So, and for the people who speak English, she was basically like, oh, did y'all see that fat chick who just looked atrocious in, in her dress and her hair was, was curly and like, why didn't she just get a blowout? And she said, and she said, it didn't fit the occasion that I was disrespecting the occasion by not having a blowout because we know better that when we go to events we got to go to the salon right and i and my aunt lost her shit and was like well just pa que tu sepa esa fea es mi sobrina she came through the aunt that's so dope though you know and and it's because i think like it's it's taken some time like at first when me and my sister went through a natural hair journey my, my aunt and my mom were like, are you sure? Because transition is hard and transition honestly is not cute. I look so fucking, uh, I don't like using old pictures through my transition. Girl, if I'm going to send you some pictures of me, <laughs> I looked hurt. Yes. I even asked my boyfriend, I was like, I was like why were you with me? Back? I'm, I'm like, like, I'm like, 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 like you're the most beautiful girl ever. I'm like, son, I would, I would break up with me. Like I broke up with me. Like, I'm gonna with me back then. Like. Right. But you know, I, I feel like for me, if the affirmation of even the transition and seeing what it looks like, and even having a fashion guide, guys, if there was a Posh Palma back when I started my transition mm -hmm. that like even covered like how to style your hair during its transition type yeah. shit, right? I literally need to, needed to find influencers on the internet. I needed to find the Carolinas, the Ada Rojas. Like I needed to find girls yeah, just like me to do the work or yeah. undo the work rather that the fashion industry and the beauty industry had done on me I that like I couldn't participate. Y por año, bro, because if you're telling me that it was, vamos a decir, like a year, vamos a, but it's years long of you believe in something and then breaking that belief because it's not true. But then how do you find the people that can reaffirm you that you're doing the right thing because you feel lonely? Mm -hmm. Like transitioning feels so lonely because you look at yourself in the mirror and then you don't like what you see. But then your hair listens to you. So you got to be kind. Yeah. You got to be like, baby, then baby hairs or like do something <laughs> because, you know, but I feel you. It's it's a lot. And I think it's also like there's certain outfits that you don't feel like, but with this outfit, I feel good with a pineapple, yeah. you know, but when you're transitioning, sometimes I outfit would look nice with the hair down, but it's, it's not looking how I would want to. And then you look at the picture of the girl with the beautiful curls too. And it's like, okay, is this helping me, inspire me? Or is this messing up with my self-esteem? Yeah. And you got to like recognize that. Yeah. And uh, place those boundaries. A lot of what, in terms of like clothing, like I know with the store, we talk a lot. And, and for me, 
as as my own brand, like I talk about Jelsandra Guzman, who loves styling, who loves clothes, who loves creative direction and working with people and building brands. Like I always talk about you being confident in your own skin. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I give you to wear. Like, you know what I mean? Tú podías entrar en ese cuarto y podía el cuarto entero de la quinceañera decir que tú estabas terrible. Y si tú eres una mujer que está confident, tú dices, bueno, po, a, a ti, o sea, you just brush it off like this. Like it's, exactly. You know what I mean? So that to me is even more, it's very psychological, like when it comes to fashion, like it, it fucks with you. But like at the end of the day, like you, you gotta, you gotta embrace you and you gotta love you. Like be your own hype. And, and, yeah, you gotta be your own cheerleader and wake up every morning and be like, I'm beautiful. Like I'm enough. I'm yeah. gorgeous. Like I got this. You know, and then you can rock anything. You can rock anything. outfits from anywhere and you yeah. look hot and you glow and people, people feel it. It's energy. You out there in a room and people are like, yo, what is Jelly doing? She looks beautiful. Look at her. Yeah. And my curls might be looking terrible, but I look beautiful because I'm confident. Yeah. It's like this reminded me of um, something that we were in a mastermind class on Tuesday and from like a leading, like led by a, a Gabby Guzman, an amazing incredible woman she runs this community called las comadres here mm. a virtual community and she was like you have to be comfortable with making people feel uncomfortable and yep. the moment that you like feel that in your heart that you're like i'm okay making even your own family uncomfortable mm-hmm. and i'm sipping my mojito and i'm minding my business rocking my curls con frizz all sing yeah. frizz because there's good days <laughs> you know and it's like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> with a dry part like you know the well, sections are drier and although you apply product but it's still dry and you don't understand why the, the science behind it but it's like you have to be comfortable and like i think i'm i have reached the point and i could say that like for me where i'm okay putting on whatever i want and rocking my curls however i want and i do not care because i chose to be kind to me I'm choosing to be kind to Valerie because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am my temple and I'm choosing to love me as I am. And si el pelo un día se levanta and it's not okay. I'm like, well, but hoy we're going to rock it how it is because I can't go crazy. Like I'm choosing guys to be at peace here and to make it through 2021. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yes. It's chiquita cosa, but that's it. I love that. We got to just show up like, let's yeah. I love it. <laughs> Send us an audio of this Send so we a- can remember and I play it on the speaker every time we do like voice note, please. So when I ever wake up and I'm like, uh, I put it on, I'm like, oh yo, that's like last. <laughs> Send us the audio so we can play it on this on the speaker. <laughs> But no, I think I love everything that you said because I think that you know that ties beautifully with identity, right? If you're not comfortable in your identity the blackness, the Latinidad, the intersection of that, then it's hard to show up as yourself. And how can you rock anything? Like you, you're supposed to wear the clothes, the clothes is not supposed to wear you. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I think that there's such an important thing. And for me, I've tried to begin to experiment with buying things that are usually not clothes that I would wear, but I see it and I'm like, oh, I really like it. I just don't believe I can wear it, but maybe let me try to yeah. wear it and see yeah. if I can pull it off. Um, and I feel like I was just slowly getting into that and then COVID hit. 
So then I didn't, like, I didn't really get to like. But now you're getting excited about certain uh, certain yeah. times that you go out. So that's when you start experimenting. Again. And I'm like, yeah, I want to get excited about clothes. Like I haven't really been like clothing shopping much and stuff like that during COVID. But I feel like knowing that the stores are open, I might start to venture out because, you know, when the spring comes and when it gets warm again, that's when I'm most excited to like put spring and fall are my two seasons that I'm like, I like yeah. to dress for, right? But I feel like I'm kind of want to make that attempt. I want to make that attempt and not just about like, oh, how, how do I rock it looking like with my curls and who I am naturally, but también, like you said, the curviness, right? Like, it can't be the case that I'm waiting yeah. when I get skinny. I've been trying to get skinny my whole life and it hasn't happened, but I got to get fashionable at some point. You're not living and you got to live and you got to embrace it. Like, yo tenía, mira, yo me he hecho tanta vaina. Yo tengo celulitis desde, la do, desde los 12 años. I always tell people this, this story. And I'm like, I work out as Valerie, like more than anyone. I eat not like 100% healthy. Pero yo me he hecho masaje. Yo he comprado crema. Yo, yo he tratado todo. Y la celulitis no se va. So yo llegué a un punto donde dije, hasta linda se ve en la celulitis porque I can't okay, do you anything can, anymore. You can be so bad to yourself. Like, that's like literally being so rude to yourself. Yeah. yeah. For no reason. I'm like, dude, I'm going to just rock the shorts and it is what it is. They pop out and yeah. like, I, I have two kids, like, demasiado bien me veo yo right now. Like, yeah, you I gotta, can't. it's like my, my boyfriend, <laughs> yo tengo stretch marks and he's like, oh, those tiger stripes. I like them. I'm, like, I'm your tigresa, you know, like, but you gotta just do whatever you gotta do to, to be happy. Like, ya, de verdad, I gave up. I'm like, I'm not trying to, like, there's, with the curls, there's no perfect curl pattern. Like, oh, the three Bs, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, for buying products instructions, that helps. But like me looking, I'm not going to be like, this is a 3B, this is a, like, I don't know. I'm just, mm -hmm. it's an Afro and I'm happy I have it. Right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so I, 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 I want to ask, and I, I love the way, I just want to say, I appreciate how descriptive you guys have been. Cause like you've answered like other questions that I haven't like asked outright, but they're already <laughs> answered. So I'm like looking over here and I'm like, well, what else can I even ask them? <laughs> um, but I think the one thing we haven't touched on is just, being woke and being conscious, considering everything we just discussed, right? Like Skittle said, we're still in an industry where there is a dominance from a class that isn't necessarily interested in progressing the work that you guys are doing. So can you talk a little bit about the challenges and benefits of being woke while you're running this business and as you're creating and building your vision? Yeah, I think when we, we face that question constantly from people around us, but specifically the finance people in our team. You know, we have primarily two people that are hardcore finance and they're constantly asking us that question. But I feel like something that we have realized is that you got to walk the walk. And I am sorry to break it, but sometimes, yeah, people try to be on the fence. No, sis, you got to pick your stand. And I think right now we're living in a world where like intentionality is so important and buying with a purpose and buying with a cost and like supporting local and supporting woman led that I am sorry. We accepted what might, you know, disadvantages from like the finance, you know, what they're advising us that the things that might come with it. And we're okay with that because we are willing to walk the walk and we are okay. And we are choosing 
and we are remaining firm with what we believe in. And we are not going to, just because we're gonna make an extra dollar on that, we're choosing not to, because it's not part of who we are and where we stand and where we want our brand to go. So it was hard to make that decision, but we had to make it like, like a few months back where it came down to something that we had to decide that involved, you know, either we wanna be more profitable or either, we're, and it was like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, and it was funny because it's hap- there's been like two or three times where things happen, like either socially, like in our environment and the world, like things that are in, could be impactful with, with Bush Palma Styles. And sometimes we just, we don't talk. And then when we come to talk, we're like, I'm like, yo, I have like like thinking about this, like, I don't know what to do, but it doesn't feel right. And it's again, you're going back to trusting your intuition. Like we have that, you got to trust it. Like if I don't feel good, like for the store, we were going to launch June 19th and it was Juneteenth and me and Valerie spoke and we were like, yo, we can't do that. Like, why are we going to launch on that day? Like, but it was like a whole dilemma. And then we were like, no, we got to just trust it. And we launched the day before we give it the space it needs to be given. Mm-hmm. And with the store, it was like that. We, we, we want to do things with our time. We don't want to be on anyone else's time. And we also want to represent what we want to represent. We don't need to have to call to anyone else. No, because no. And it's like, then you're not staying true to your purpose or like yeah. what you're, and I don't, there's not one thing mm-hmm. that I hate most than hypocrisy. And it's like, you can't be a hypocrite, especially when you're trying to build with intentionality. So that's why like, there's no in between. There's no middle point. There's no, I'm on the fence. You're either in or you're out. That's it. And I, you know, it's mad hard, but it's like that, but then it comes down to it. It's not that, it's not that hard too. You know what I'm saying? Yep. If you're willing to, it's so funny. I'm like, companies are so quick to put up a Martin Luther King quote or like put up a Black Lives Matter sign and stuff, but they won't action it. They mm-hmm. won't perform it. They yeah. won't action it. And then somebody will be like, wow, they donated X amount of dollar, but nobody wants to acknowledge the people who are losing X amount of dollar for upholding That's integrity. It, it's the it's the same donation. The, the value, the difference is one is a donation. It's a petty and the other one is a principle. And exactly. the principles exactly. cost them something, but they don't abandon their principles, even though it cost them money. And so I think that it's beautiful that you guys have taken that stance and that approach. I've like worked with bands and brands and collaborated with the brands, like and and but and me and Skittles, even as ladies who branche who've been really tiptoe around like being clear around blackness mm-hmm. and like oh, can we even say this if we're not black? Like, why should we have a stance? It's not our fight, and it's disrespectful to act like we know what our pit- all these excuses. And I'm just like, I hear excuse, I hear excuse, I hear excuse. Exactly. If you want to make something happen, you find what is quote unquote appropriate. If you don't feel like it's appropriate for you to do it one way then find the way that's fucking appropriate. Or ask exactly. somebody, like, don't be afraid to also ask and, and seek guidance. Or educate and like, yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, take the time to educate your, yourself because I think that's one of the primary reasons why people are constantly being misinformed. That being, some information comes rooted in evilness and not wanting you to know, pero educate, bebe. Yeah. Like, there's so many resources too and there's so many people and you don't have all the end. Like recognizing that you don't have all the answers, it's already mad fucking progress. Yes. So like we recognize that we push by ourselves. We don't got all the answers, 
but we got to walk the freaking walk. Do not tell me that we're going to be like, how are we feeling? Nasus, we got this. This is how mm -hmm. we're saying. This is how we feel. And if you don't want to support us, girl, bye. Right. We're going to get our community to support us. Right. Because I, I say it all the time. People think that our community doesn't have the money to spend bullshit. Jordan has made so much money off of this so-called community with no money. Motherfuckers line up. <laughs> you mean to tell me that we're not gonna spend money in our own like i'm excited for the fashion line i'm excited to to shop you know what i mean yes. like already just because i i love y'all i don't even know what the fucking clothes looks like yet and i'm already hyped to whatever i identify with in whatever you put out that's the item i'm gonna buy and it's the purchase is not just the item it's also the like because i support that shit exactly exactly, exactly. and that's what i think that's what for me it's what i wake up in the morning and i'm like that's what ignites me like to get like we personalize we personally handwrite a note to each customer wow i love it. that i love when i order mm -hmm. things online and i get a hand note it's such a yeah like like i we write it like valerie writes it i write like we write it with our hand it's like i don't want like i want you to know who we are like i want us to feel connected like it's not like you're coming in and you're just buying, you're checking out and you're like, peace out. No, no you it's wanna, an experience. You want, you want to be part of us. Like we want to sit and have conversations like we're having right now. <laughs> yes. And this has been such a fruitful conversation today. I have to say, um, I'm so happy that you guys have been our like, season, you know, reignition to use. The yes. Word. Yes. Um, I, I just have to say, I'm very proud of you. Ladies, I so fucking respect the work that you do. And I just am so excited to know that the work you're doing is not even going to just stay here in the States, but that it's expanding to DR because for as much shit as people like to talk about DR and all that shit, it's one thing to talk shit. It's another thing to go and actually support the cause on the ground because we have to acknowledge that Lo Dominicano, yeah, it is 10 times harder for them to show up in this wokeness and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't but, until recently that that people in the workplace were allowed to wear natural hair to work. So how yeah. could you even expect people to start expect, you know, loving their blackness where they can't even show up to work as black? As There's who they so are. so much mm -hmm. work we need to do that goes beyond just yelling at each other for not knowing we're black or not accepting we're black. That, okay, that wakes me up. But then what you gonna do after that? Like, wh what do I do? Like, what do you want me to do if I'm still living in a system that doesn't support this lifestyle that you get to have in the States? Because even though it comes from a oppression, it's a privilege for us to be out here speaking about that. Because there's a lot of other countries and places where you do not have the privilege to even talk about it the way we talk about it. So I really respect that. Um, and I just wanted to say that and highlight that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So, all right. Um, let us know where can we find you, follow you, drop your handles, any shout outs you have. So check us out our Instagram for the stories, Posh Palma Styles. My personal one is Gelsandra, G-E-L-S-A-N-D-R-A underscore La Rayita de Abajo, Guzman, G-U-Z-M-A-N. And my personal ID is um, the Jefa Creator. Yes. Love it. And Skittles, where can they find us? You guys can find us at Ladies Who Brunch on Instagram, Ladies Brunch on Twitter, and at Julisa for Julisa's personal page with an H at the end and the real Skittles with a Z for me. Bomb <laughs> content. Awesome, awesome. And thank you all for tuning in this week. And until next time, Bronche. Bronche. Woo! Yeah.
Adiós.